0: Hey, Glenn from Form55 here. Welcome to episode 4 of our podcast in which I talk to the people behind the most interesting projects, products and ideas to find out more about the creative process behind them. Design Kids is a global design community and an online resource for design students aiming to bridge the gap between students and professionals. Their website features design studios, jobs, events, meetups, workshops, interviews, student work, conferences and loads more. Today I have the pleasure of talking to TDK founder Frankie Radford. Welcome to the podcast Frankie.
1: Thanks, Glenn. You did good. That was a mouthful.
0: (laughs) So how about you tell us a little bit about yourself to kick things off?
1: Okay, so I was born in the UK um, and I lived there till I was 18. I was really fortunate enough to be taken on holiday by my parents to Australia when I was about 14. Um, And I remember the stark contrast of this kind of windy, cold, grey England and then going to Cottesloe in Perth and the sun is shining and the ocean sparkling and I was like yeah this is it um, and so I told my mom I was going to move to Australia um, in which case she said yeah that's fine as long as you finish school first um, and that's what I did. I bought a one-way ticket when I was 18 uh, much to the surprise of everyone else. Um, I was always kind of obsessed with graphic design so it was easily my favorite subject at school. Um, I actually did a graphic design project before I had the class um like a total nerd my friend had the class uh six months before me because it was on rotation and she told me what the brief was and I just kind of had the stab of it stab at it and I think it just came really naturally I don't know why it was just very kind of um a really good combination of maths and art which were my two favorite subjects so I went to Melbourne University Uh, Well, Swinburne University in Melbourne, I should say. Um, Right now, I have a house in Tasmania, uh, but I don't live there. I'm officially a nomad, so I spend 10 months a year on the road. And two months a year fixing my house that needs a shit ton of work.
0: So tell us a little bit about after university, maybe how did you get into this project called The the Design Kids? You, you, You had a job in between and then you started this project. How did, what was the progression from university to founding The Design Kids?
1: Um, When I was at university, I was really, really keen because I think my two loves are travel and design. And when I was um, 18, I traveled for a year and a half and then I went to university and the whole time I was traveling, I wanted to do design. And then the whole time I was at uni, all I wanted to do was travel. And so by the time I got to uni after two years of traveling, I was kind of, I was so hyped on everything. And I put my hand up for everything. I was involved in everything. um, And I graduated like four years four-year course with three and a half years experience so I literally was like helping lecturers doing exhibitions uh, I was working in a screen printing place I did book binding the summer holidays I did mentoring um, I worked at a design studio that was really crap which was awesome because it taught me so much um, I really believe that the worse experiences are the more you learn from them and that was massive for me when I graduated I um, I was really obsessed with Frost my whole, whole the way through uni, and I managed to get a job there as my graduating job, which was amazing. I really I have a lot of time for Vince, and I think the standard of workers was amazing, and it was one of the top studios in Australia at the time. So it was a real honour for me to work there. Um, but after about six months, the novelty started wearing off, <laughs> and uh, I was uh, getting very frustrated sitting at a desk, Um, and also very confused. I'd kind of, you know, I'd worked really hard for four years to get this job and actually I didn't really like it. And that's nothing to do with the studio. Now I look back and it makes total sense. Like I'm not made to work at a desk. Um, But at the time I was really, really thrown. I didn't really understand what was going on. Um, I think in universities they teach a studio fit mentality where you know, you work really hard and, and you have to get a job in a design studio, otherwise you're a loser. And I think there's like so many other possibilities within the design industry um, for different careers. And that's one of the things I'm trying to educate people about with the design kids. Um, so, yeah, so basically quit Frost in the middle of the recession after 18 months. Uh, went traveling again. <laughs> uh, I went grape picking in the south of France. I hitchhiked across Europe. I went to New York the day Michael Jackson died. Um and I also found myself in Madagascar and I had this pivotal moment with um our Madagascar friend uh called Giorgio, but we call him Amani because they have all the fake <laughs> ripoff that's over there. <laughs> so I think he had a Giorgio Amani t-shirt on that was spelt wrong. <laughs> and so we just called him Amani, which he loved. Um anyway, I was travelling with my brother and they said to Joe, What do you do? And Joe said, I'm a teacher, and I was like, Oh, I'm a graphic designer. And uh, he, he didn't really understand what that was. And he was drinking a bottle of water at the time. And I said, the label, we we designed that. And, uh, and he said, why? And I was like, holy shit, that's a really good point. Like, I've just come from Sydney in Australia. I'm like, my iPhone, got a latte in my hand. I think I'm the shit. And, uh, and then I'm in Madagascar and they don't have any water. And I'm looking at the kerning on the bottle. And I was like, wow it's pretty of a shock to the system. (laughs) And I'm not dissing design because I love design, but it was like a huge kind of like, wow, the world is bigger um, than this tiny bubble that I've been in. And so I started thinking about ways I could help people. And I think, um, you know, anyone can build a well or you know, go and volunteer somewhere. And that's awesome. But I think to get the best results in life, you have to play to your strengths. And my strengths is definitely the design industry. So I was like, how can I make a difference in the design industry? And I started thinking about students and studying and the whole problem I'd had with frost and the studio fit mentality. And I thought, you know, there's a lot of people getting churned at the end of these design courses with uh, no job prospects, um, not because they're not very good, but because they haven't really zoomed in on what they're good at and what they can offer the industry. And they also don't know anything about the industry. Um, And so I started Design Kids. Originally, it was a shop. Um, We had this far-fetched idea to, I say we, it was just me at that point. (laughs) Um, I always say we, it's a really bad habit. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was a a shop to start with. So the idea was Students would design T-shirts and posters and tote bags and all these kind of fun things We would sell them, they would get famous, they would get rich, and somehow they'd get a job. And it was this very loose kind of idea that was just a complete nightmare. Um, Like I was making the products, they were designing them, I was shipping them off, and then I was like, you guys ship them off and make them. And it was just like so (laughs) sketchy. (laughs) But I I kind of look back and I'm kind of proud because I had no fucking idea. And I was like, I'm just going to do it. Um, And I think having that blind ambition is – really good because i think we can kind of trip ourselves up with perfection and kind of wait and wait and wait till till something's perfect so i kind of blindly stumbled through the last 8 years of my life um but that's okay <laughs> um so yeah the shop went surprisingly well considering how bad it was um i started teaching part time to support myself uh which was actually when i when it was suggested to me i was quite I was like, no, that's I don't want to do that. Um, And then they told me what the hourly rate was (laughs) and I rethought my decision. (laughs) And I'm actually really glad I did because I would actually teach for free now. Like I absolutely love teaching. Um, The students are amazing. They teach you so much. Um, They also have no kind of concept about how talented they are. Um, I think there's a real divide between them and the industry and they don't have any points of reference. So to kind of nurture them and give them that confidence is really rewarding for me. Um, So Design Kids started to do exhibitions where we uh, teamed students that we created directors Uh, I ran 16 exhibitions over three years 740 people took part and we had around a 30% hiring rate afterwards so it was really successful it was super exhausting I nearly killed myself doing them I'm not doing anymore (laughs) Um, but that really changed the shape of design kids because it was we started putting together lists of all the studios that were in the shows for the students and a list of events for them to go to blah 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 and the shop kind of got lost in the way uh we shut that down it was like okay let's just get rid of this headache um and so design kids became an online resource and a community
0: amazing Uh, that's incredible to hear the story of how it developed from something that you were sort of just doing to start anything to something that really helped people get a job as well
1: i think what was cool like the teaching was actually accidental that wasn't part of my grand plan but actually it was kind of like market research um really high paid market research twice a week (laughs) which is amazing um I really I yeah I was so lucky I think I totally fluked that but it it's awesome because it was it means design kids is actually built around the students not my idea of what they want um it's built around them whinging to me I don't know how to do this and what is this and being completely clueless about people and all that kind of stuff so yeah it was it was really awesome
0: what four or five years now you've been traveling across australia new zealand america and now europe on an epic the design kids road trip tell our listeners and readers about your trip for those that haven't heard about this yet
1: um okay so it started back in 2012 uh so i was living in byron bay in australia um I'd recently moved from Sydney and I was paying $300 for my little like tiny bedroom in Sydney in a flat. Um, And I went to Byron on holiday and um, just, you know, looked around at real estate like you do. (laughs) And the guys are like, oh, we've got some commercial properties for you. Um, And... I was like, what does that mean? He said warehouses. And I was like, hells yes, I want to live in a warehouse. Let's go and check them out. And we went to this this warehouse, and I just fell in love straight away. There was like it's 100 square meters, tree growing in the middle, had a toilet and shower. A lot of them didn't have that because it was illegal to live in them, but uh, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, and I just kind of – and it was 350, and I was like, it's a no-brainer. Like, it's just genius. And so I I signed on the dotted line, moved to Byron, and then kind of thought about – where I was going to work (laughs) very secondary um and I started looking at design schools and and the the best combination of uh you know uh class size and wages and all that kind of stuff was in Brisbane which is a six hour drive so three hours there three hours back um and I worked out I could either work 96 hours in Byron making coffee or I could drive for three hours and uh, just work a day and a half a week, which I decided to do. Um, This is typical four-hour work week. It's like relative income, not your real income. Um, Anyway, so I was driving three hours to work every week, and uh, I was really bored of everyone kind of saying, you know, what's the surf doing today? Uh, My friends are all obsessed with surfing. I am obsessed with design. I like surfing, but... um, I'm really obsessed with design. That's where my loyalty lies. Um, and I kind of thought, you know, I've got to get out of here. Didn't really know where to move in Australia. And I thought, well, actually, you know what? I'll go to every city in Australia. I'll go to the five major cities anyway. And, um, I will take design kids to those places. I will suss out what the design landscape looks like in those places. So if I was a student studying Adelaide, what does it look like? What schools are there? What studios are there? How do they hire? Um, what job boards are there recruitment agencies magazines what conferences are there how many events are on that they can go to and basically you know what does that look like if I was the keenest student what would I have um, available to me and so I went to each city um, and I interviewed designers and I gave talks and I kind of sussed out the lay of the land and then I put all that information online but just before I was going to leave, um, I had a, a sponsor jump on board. So I got rid of the warehouse. I bought a van. I put some graphics on the side. It was a very, very shit van. <laughs> and, uh, and I had a couple of sponsors that were like, yeah, we're going to give you 10 grand. For what? And I was like, amazing. I'm rich. <laughs> I don't know how long that would have lasted. Um, probably just my petrol, but whatever. Yeah, so I was like, OK, this is great. Uh, everything's ready to go. And then I think a week before I left, they pulled out. I think they actually saw the van (laughs) for reals and realized that it was probably on the more homeless side of school. You know, I made it look as best as I could, but um, it was still pretty derelict. Uh, And I think they were like, yeah, that's not a thing. Um, And I'm like, oh God, what am I going to do? I've got $64 in my bank account. Um, I have a well-paid job in Brisbane. And I have a van and I kind of put all three together and I was like, okay, I'm going to do the road trip, I'm going to fund it myself and I'm going to fly to work, um, which again made perfect sense. It comes back to the buyer in like working 96 hours or working 12. Um, it was exactly the same for me. It was an easy decision. It was like, well, it's actually quicker to fly to work than it is to drive. Um, so that's what I'm going to do. So that was the first road trip and it was a massive success. Um, It's very cool to be on the ground hanging out with people. I really love people um and
0: just to interrupt you there and to recap so you were teaching while driving around australia australia flying back to do your lessons from wherever you were and then flying back to pick up your van wherever you left and continue on your <laughs> exactly <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's totally wild and everyone always laughs at me at this point but i just think dude that was genius
0: (laughs) it was genius because you had enough money to do it and you were still progressing on this road trip which uh yeah hats off
1: (laughs) I mean I think it was funny I remember doing talks and stuff and the lecturers are like what are you getting from this like you're just kind of cruising around Australia Um, you know I wasn't getting paid or anything I just it was something I was really passionate about and I I was happy to put my own money into that I think that was cool Um, and when I finished I actually had a meeting with the design school and you know I just got offered this amazing job at my favorite magazine to head it up and it was really amazing opportunity had I got it you know, two years earlier, I would have jumped on it. But at that point, I've kind of got this sense of freedom. I'd really found my groove with the design and travel thing. And I was like, oh, I just can't, I can't do it. I can't sit at a desk. Anyway, I'd met up with this st- school. Uh, Simon Pemberton was the head. And I said, you know, should I should I ditch this project? I don't earn any money from it. Um, do I take the real job? Like, what do I do? I'm really unsure. And he said, I think you should keep going. He said, we're going to sponsor website and he basically didn't ask how much it was for ads on the website he said how much do you need to survive um (laughs) working backwards how much do you need to keep doing what you're doing Um, and honestly I owe so much to Simon he's like really responsible for design kids so I thought you know we'll try it in New Zealand like I already knew everyone in Australia it's kind of easy you're just filling in the gaps um, what if we go to where we don't know anyone? And um, I hired my friend. We couldn't get a van. And I said to her, worst case scenario, we'll just borrow someone's car. Uh, worst, worst, worst case scenario, we'll hitchhike and sleep in bushes. And she kind of said, I like that idea. And I was like, me too. <laughs> I think I'm a sucker for adventure. The harder it is, the better it is. Um, and that's what we did. We ran a hitchhiking sign competition on Instagram to typographers that wanted to design our signs, uh, because the worst thing about hitchhiking isn't getting murdered. It's, uh, the hideous typography, uh, that you have to look at. <laughs> and so I was like, yes, we can solve this problem. It will be amazing. And we had 500 entries. Um, we went all around New Zealand for 10 weeks. Uh, we literally slept everywhere, like in a cow field the first night in a pool house, the beach um in a bush (laughs) in the national park on a riverbed in a cabin like it just went on and on and it was super fun um it was very easy Uh, i was surprised how kind of um excited the design industry were to take it up um and so that was a huge success i was like all right what's next let's take over america um and so even i flew to america and i bought an rv Uh, It lasted a week. (laughs) It was a total disaster. I spent six weeks looking for another RV um, and got this amazing one called Sunny. Uh, We spray painted it yellow and we got Will Bryant to design the body of it to cover it in patterns. Um, Will is... He does stuff with... Obama and Nike and all these like huge huge clients and I convinced them to do it and I paid him in tacos and so I drove around, Eve did the first bit and then she went back to uni so I did the rest, uh, drove around America and Canada for 18 months and then yeah this year has been Europe and next year South America so it continues.
0: Amazing, so along the, like for, for those who haven't been following your trip, along the way you're meeting with uh, like an endless list of talented people. um. Do you, do you plan these meetups up front? Do you just kind of see, hey, who's here? Who wants to come and talk to me? Like, what's your goal when you get to the next city?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of research that goes into each city. I used to do it all myself. And the American one I had to do myself. This year, I was lucky enough. My really good friend, Corey Anderson, Cory Weesung, she just got married. She's always wanted to work for Design Kids and she's based in London so it was perfect timing to hire her. So she's been doing all the research for each city. So basically we have all these spreadsheets of everyone we think is awesome in each place and then two weeks before I get to that place I reach out to studios, schools, organisations and anyone else around and then catch up with those people. Um, Schools I do workshops and talks and the studios I just kind of go and have a chat with them and hear about you know, see their studio, hear about everything about their studio. And then we follow up with an online interview. And then once we have enough interviews, that content goes live. And that is the Design Kids resource for each city. Um, After that, we then hire someone and they become the seed for the community. So that is where uh, our meetup comes in. We have a monthly meetup. We have a Facebook kind of group forum for each city. uh, and We have a newsletter. And so the community is built around that information.
0: Chasing the fields summer's on the way Sun is shining now, don't hide away Find the right wine, take a sip, drink down So for any students that are listening to this or that read um, the article afterwards, uh, what can they they find on the TDK website?
1: Okay, our new website is about to go up. It's very sexy. I'm working with some guys in Berlin, uh, Rascality, and we've just divided it into three sections, so what we can offer for students, lecturers and studios. So for the students, uh, we have industry interviews and the idea is that is their websites are client facing. So the more information you want to know about them, like how they started, what they look for in a folio, blah, blah, blah. We ask them all those kind of questions. Uh, we have a full list of jobs and internships. Uh, we have a meetup, TDK Tuesdays, which is based, it's run by grads and it's an event for students and grads to feel really confident um, with industry invited to, because I think a lot of events are industry focused. So it's a bit daunting. We also have a list of all other design events going on, so there's no excuses for them not to go. Uh, We have a hashtag, TDK Peep Show, on the Instagram, and we feature one piece of work a day, so that's student and grad work. And we have annual awards where we pick the best students and grads from around the world and we um, promote the shit out of them basically (laughs) Um, for lecturers we have a list of competitions to tell the students, we have a list of blogs and other design companies they should be aware of, we have a full design directory and we have internship advice from the studios themselves and for the studios uh, we have we, we can feature them, they can post a job they can invite an intern or they can speak at our TDK Tuesdays events.
0: For anyone crazy enough to want to do a road trip like yours what have you learned over the past four to five years how does the beginning compare to now that you're close to the end I mean you're you're still what maybe a month out how how long are you still on the road for Um, another another year (laughs) another year
1: it's six years in total Um, I just plucked that number from my head and now I'm kind of sticking to it I figure that's it that's a good amount of time
0: Yeah. How does the beginning compare? Like, like, what what have you learned over over the past couple of years? What would you do differently if you were starting off again?
1: I think every road trip, I have this real like hindsight of like, why didn't I do that? Um, I think the vans are really interesting like if you look at my first van there's like literally a bed in it that's it when we were hitchhiking that was pretty good I wouldn't change that um, the American vans were awesome because they are fully equipped and when I got to Europe I knew exactly the type of van I wanted so the, I think the vans have slowly up, upgraded so that you have everything you need I think planning wise I think that's my favorite bit actually is the planning it's kind of predicting the future so you know you have this plan to do a road trip but it's just very vague so it's like okay well actually where am I going and I remember when I planned the Europe road trip I was like okay I've got between three and six months and then I wrote down all the major design cities in Europe and then I was and then I divided them up so if I spent a week in each one uh, it was going to take me nine months and I was like, oh, that doesn't work. So then you start kind of dividing it up. So, you know, these cities are close together. Maybe you can do two in one week. I did uh, the whole of Belgium in one week. And to be honest, it has been a bit rushed, this one. In America, I had a lot more time. But yeah, I think the planning gets better. The organisation of the back end gets better. The follow-up gets better. One thing I wish I'd done with the Europe trip is a Kickstarter campaign, to be honest. So you could pay for design kids to come to your city or your school that would have been better because I think it gets you a lot more traction and obviously it's paid for we were lucky enough to get sponsorship from Moo this year and we were chasing a bunch of other sponsors that kind of didn't come through and that's not really where my passion lies I just it's not that I can't be bothered it's just that it really getting that across the line is is not my priority it's all about the community so once we have enough money it's kind of like all right. (laughs) I don't really care. (laughs) Um, And so I think I need to spend a lot more time in the planning and the kind of proposals of sponsorship. But yeah, I don't know. I don't think that much has changed. Like naturally, I'm pretty um, basic traveler. I'm pretty happy anywhere. Um, A lot of people are kind of You know, I go and visit them in their studios and they're like, oh, I would love your life. I'm like, no, (laughs) like, here's the keys. Please take them. (laughs) And I can guarantee like 95 percent of people wouldn't last more than a week. It's so manic. Like I wake up at seven. First thing I do is check on my emails because it's 4 p.m. in Australia. It's the end of the day. I've only got this tiny window to catch everyone. So it's like instant stress as soon as you wake up because you're behind the eight ball all the time. And then you know, trying to find Wi-Fi in in Europe is pain in the ass. So I'm parked outside McDonald's at the moment, so it's little things like that where like the logistics are an absolute nightmare. Like booking ferries, booking flights organizing meetings, um, a trillion emails. Like, it's not kind of this glamorous float around Europe drinking cocktails idea that I think people think I do. (laughs)
0: You ruined my dream. (laughs) I know, I know.
1: You wanted the keys, Glenn. I'm going to give them to you. (laughs) Well, you didn't
0: come past here. I would have totally taken them off your hands.
1: No, I did come past. The problem was I didn't stop. You're in Hamburg,
0: aren't you? Uh, Near Hanover. Close, close to Hamburg.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I drove from... Amsterdam up to Copenhagen Um, but we didn't
0: stop no worries so uh, TDK also does like an online course that you offer uh, as a like a paid course what could a student expect from this online course
1: yeah about three years ago I was doing a lot of online coaching with different students and graduates I think it was like a hundred bucks can't remember. And it was a couple of hours. We go through their folio and their resume and what they want to do and how to do it and blah, blah, blah. And it was really good, but it was really – You know, it's kind of expensive for them. They don't have much money, and really, I was just saying the same thing over and over again. Um, And we only had ten thousand students and graduates at the time. Now we have nearly one hundred twenty thousand. It would not be possible for me to do that. I actually don't have time to do any coaching now. So I was trying to think of a more scalable way to do this. And so I wrote an online course, uh, how to get a job, and basically. It's broken down into three sections. So get inspired, get involved, get hired. I think what everyone does when they're trying to find a job is go straight to get hired. They go onto the job boards, they submit their folio and then they don't get anywhere and they're not sure why. Um, So the course takes you through, there's 12 steps and the first four is all about the research phase and the middle Is all kind of work in progress and getting involved and, you know, understanding your strengths, the industry, meeting as many people as possible, getting your work out there, kind of like really trying stuff. And then the third step is actually getting a job. So, yeah, it's been really successful, which is awesome. Uh, It is still live, so it's $49. There's a student one and a grad one. The student one is great because you know, it gets them early. So it's it's like, guys, you need to figure this out now, like ASAP. I wish I could give it to all the students in the first week of their course just to kind of scare the shit out of them a little bit, but also make them aware of all these opportunities. I think a lot of students are kind of just switched off. They just go to uni and just barely pass their subjects and drink a lot and they're just kind of cruising through and they just kind of expect this job at the end. And the design industry is not like that. You have to get really involved. And the earlier you do that, the better. Uh, the graduate course is kind of like, you know if you didn't get involved and you're six months out and you haven't got any jobs and your mum's starting to freak out what you should do so it's like how do we get you back involved back into the industry and get you kind of re-motivated to actually get a job
0: I wish that would have existed when I was a student (laughs)
1: so many industry people have said that to me it's so funny
0: (laughs) So to finish us off what's what's next on your your plan? I guess the next uh, how far in advance do you plan your road trip? Do you already can you already see the next year ahead?
1: Yeah, kind of. I guess um I like to pencil in the next year just so I know roughly what I'm doing. Um, but specifics are really really vague. So I'm thinking South America next year. Um, but I also wanted to add on India, China, Japan, and South Africa. Cause I think all four of those countries are doing really interesting things. Um, I would like some more time in Tasmania. Um, I'm also looking at setting up a crazy burning man for designers in Joshua Tree in California, uh, using my old van from, uh, <laughs> the U S road trip and a load of other caravans, uh, sponsored by designers and you can go and stay there and they can make workshops and that kind of stuff um so that's been a plan for a while so I think I just need to shut up and do it um and what else I'd like to run some conferences um through design kids I think there's a really good opportunity for conferences for students that are shorter cheaper um more targeted Um, yeah so I I would like to explore that option Um, and yeah that's that's pretty much it I think that's pretty
0: much a full year (laughs) amazing well can't wait to see all that happen And you can count me into your designer burning man in California. I'll come to that.
1: (laughs) Okay, perfect.
0: So yeah, thanks very much for coming on the show, Frankie. Maybe you could finish off by telling people where they can find out more about you.
1: So my Instagram is Frankie Ratford. That has all my travels on. Um, The official work Instagram is The Design Kids. Um, That has all our community stuff on. You can find us on the website and on all social media channels at The Design Kids.
0: Thanks very much for talking to me, Frankie.
1: Thanks Glenn. thanks for having me.
0: To find out more about Frankie, the design kids and see some pictures of our awesome van, go and visit form55.com where you'll find a full transcript of this interview and loads of more information. The background track from this episode is by Benji Lewis, a singer-songwriter from Melbourne. You can always follow us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. And if you enjoyed this podcast, go and leave a like on SoundCloud or give us a rating on iTunes or tell your friends about the show.